Well, the market this past week did a bit of the old two-step, two steps forward and one step back. How much of that is weather? Uh, Typically, that is the main driver at this time of the year. But is that what's really behind this mixed trading pattern of the past few weeks? John Cavanaugh is standing by to give us some insight with this week's Market by the Numbers. Tell you what, if you want to see why the Farm Bureau is so important to us, all you need to do is go to D.C. Like I did this week, it is a flurry of activity around the new Farm Bill. And of course, Biden's new WOTUS rule. Boy, that's got everybody's hair on fire there. And none of it would be possible. And I'm, and I'm talking about the representation of the Farm Bureau in D.C., for some of these items. None of it would be possible without your support. So consider a Farm Bureau membership. Support your local Farm Bureau with that membership by simply going online to itpaystobeamember.org. John, planting progress has been a real fascinating study this year. You know, some have been dry enough to get started. Some are still waiting to dry out. Some have already started planting, and some of those are now worried about emergence with cold temperatures in the 6- to 10-day forecast. John, you are connected to a group around the grain belt that connects up each week and compare notes. What's the Brain Trust saying right now this week about planting progress? Planting progress, for the most part, is going very well. It's a little bit faster than average, and that's particularly true out west, more so than it is in the eastern belt. Now, Illinois, which is in the eastern belt, uh, in particular central and Southern Illinois have made really good progress. But when you get over here to the uh, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, it's not progressing as fast. It's going okay in certain areas. Nothing particularly unusual. And the weather forecast is, you're right, it's, it's, it's cool, but it's still somewhat on the mostly dry side. So there's no panic out there. The feeling is the crop's going to go in and it may go in earlier than normal. And if that's the case, what does that mean, Rob? It means we might pick up a few extra corn acres. You know, that mm-hmm. 92 million may grow a little bit. So uh, that's put a little bit of pressure on corn. Not very much. These markets continue to have a very strong basis attached to them and supplies are still relatively tight. But no, plant progress is doing well. Last Monday, the U.S. as a whole was 8% planted. That's That was a couple of points above average. Soybeans at 4%. But you know, Rob, let's see what happens this coming Monday. I think we're going to see a pretty big number. But what is one of the reasons why the western part of the belt is progressing so fast? Because they're so dry. Because the drought (laughs) conditions are still persisting out there, at least in the central plains. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a minute. But you just said kind of a magic word there. You have encouraged us to keep a watchful eye on basis because of the story that it tells. And this week we've heard reports of nearby corn bases at 70 cents over in central Illinois. So what's the story that we should take away from that? Well, once again, this, uh, you're exactly right. The basis throughout the country is still very, very strong, close to some record high levels in some cases, not as high as we've seen in, in a few years in the past, but it's still very, very historically strong. Why is that? Well, it's two factors. It's, you know, we've talked about this before, Rob. We're still looking at a relatively very tight supply of corn and soybeans for this year's crop. You know, uh, going through uh, till we get to the end of August of this crop year, the market year uh, stocks are going to are still very tight. And the farmers are holding on very tightly. Of course, you know, what's coming up, it's planting season and their minds are on planting and getting the crops in the ground. And so, therefore, they're not uh, delivering as much corn. And that means for a very strong basis. Now, will that change someday? Of course it will. I talked last week about if you work the math and we do have good weather and if we do have uh, slightly above trend yields, our supplies are going to get very comfortable very quickly. But we're not there yet. It's not today. 
It's up to the weather. <laughs> well, we've been talking about this, and that is the shift from La Nina, which causes drought in the uh, central part of this country. But listen to all the rumblings going on about El Nino and the shift to El Nino. At about 75% right now that we're going to have an El Nino this summer, and that would suggest better crop conditions. So when we look at your formula that you did last week, wow, some of the prospect of what the yields might be with good crop weather this year, we could be building back supplies quite smartly. Yeah, we certainly could, Rob. Now, this this is all in that big if and maybe and whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, you know, because the weather is yet to happen, at least when it comes to the planting and the finishing, the planting and the, and the subsequent growing season. But you're right, 75% chance uh, of an El Nino being put into place. And that typically, not necessarily, but it typically is associated with favorable growing weather for the Midwestern U.S. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yes, we have to keep an eye on that. But let's, there's another problem out there. Exports, soybean and corn yeah, export. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the export numbers this week? <laughs> Do we have to? To your point, this is all about demand, and demand has been waning for probably, what now, four, five, maybe even six months? The export demand has, anyway. The export sales were dismal, far less than expected, and kind of a surprise. Both corn and soybeans were below the uh, low end of the range for the uh, estimated exports. Rob, what that's telling the market is, uh-oh, it looks like it's inevitable now that the uh, exports for both corn and soybeans are going to fall below the USDA projection. Mm. And speaking of basis, uh, you pointed this out, basis for soybeans coming out of Brazil is extraordinarily cheap, as much as $2 below the board. True, why? Yeah, so obviously that's why people are concerned about the export sales on soybeans out of the U.S. falling below the USDA projection because, frankly, the Brazilian beans are so terribly cheap, it's kind of hard to imagine any beans being bought out of the U.S., and there's an awful lot of beans that have been sold and unshipped, which the market fears, you know, gosh, a lot of those things are going to be canceled with those sales uh, shifted to Brazil. Not good, Rob. We could see bigger stocks than we thought. Well, we were talking about those cancellations here some weeks back, and uh, now it seems like that one's coming back to roost. You're referencing the prices out of Brazil being as cheap as they are. You know, trying to follow the grain market daily and figure out exactly what is driving moves up and down. I don't have the kind of history that you have, but does it seem that the spread between support and resistance levels are broader in comparison to years past? Yeah, I think so. They seem to be to me, and that's a reflection of the volatility. Right. And we have very volatile markets because of tight supplies, and therefore, uh, yeah, those spreads between support and resistance have wiped out. I don't have any uh, actual numbers to no. uh, from historical numbers, but I know from common sense that they are wide apart. And therefore, we continue to swing back and forth. For the last several weeks, we've been in a broad trade range for both corn and soybeans. We go up to the top of the market. It can't go anywhere. It falls back. <laughs> it, tests, it tests the lows, the recent lows, and then it bounces back again. Yeah, so. Yeah. Let's shift to another country in South America, and that's Argentina. Boy, they have had problems this year. I think, you know, we had been talking, it was like the worst drought in 60 years, the worst drought in 50 years. And I think that you said it when we were just chatting on the phone some time ago, and you said, probably the worst in history. That's how bad it's gotten. The USDA attache to Argentina this week lowered the production forecast to 23.9 million metric tons. That's below the official USDA forecast that was... Uh, 
that came out recently at $27 million. Uh, but to a point that you made in our conversation, eh, the market probably already had that baked in. Uh, but here's the interesting part is, is that they expect to import about 11 million tons of soybeans from Brazil. And apparently it's going to be like the first time ever that Argentina will crush more soybeans than they produce yeah, <laughs> because of having to import them from Brazil. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And uh, you're exactly right. The USDA numbers are still on the high side for Argentina. Yeah. They're going to have to make some more adjustments, and that may affect some of the world numbers and, and the, the world supply and demand. And that comes out on May the 12th, by the way, the next uh, government S&D. So that one's going to be watched very closely sure. yeah. to see what changes they make there. And importing that number of beans is fantastic. Uh, no question about it, Rob. This is, uh, I think, this will, when it's all said and done, this will prove to be the worst drought in the history of Argentina by far. Yeah. It's been a disaster. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about, uh, this one seems to have become a yawner for a lot of people, and that is what's going on in the Black Sea. Now, after halting the inspection of ships in the Grain Corridor for the first couple of days of this week, then inspections resumed. But, you know, that, that doesn't sound like breaking news, and it doesn't seem like the market reacted to it much. And I, I, It feels like we're getting to a point with Russia and Ukraine for for whatever reason, it's just become sort of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Another change in the Black Sea Grand Corridor, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, that's a political hot potato, of course, you know, because Russia keeps playing with that until the U.S. makes some concessions and removes some of the restrictions they put on Russia. And, of course, the United States is not in a mood to be doing that. And we know that the Russians are going to play with it, and they'll do whatever they can to manipulate things to keep people confused and worried and upset. Yeah, I guess I've gotten to the point where, you know, to, <laughs> the market's just gotten, you know, tired of, of reacting to it, it seems to me. One last thing before we get out of here, a number of the Fed governors making speeches here this past week pointing to another quarter point increase in the interest rate. Boy, talk about a tiresome news story. But what effect is that going to have on the market going forward? Well, generally speaking, the market looks at higher interest rates as being negative to the economy, and therefore that's negative to commodity prices. However, Rob, I'll say I'm confused by what the Fed's doing at this point. Uh, right? The recent data comes in and it shows that inflation is, is actually weakening and that the job is being done, in other words, that uh, we are seeing inflation starting to come down some. And if that's the case, why is the Fed going to raise the interest rates uh, another 25 basis points? That doesn't make any sense to me. And, and Rob, you mentioned this, and I agree with you. What's the Fed doing? Are they trying to send our country into a recession? <laughs> Hard to figure out sometimes. All right, time for the last word. Have you got anything as a last word today, or did we cover it I all? We pretty much covered it all, but it just came out. The most recent estimate is for this marketing year, Ukraine is expected to produce 50 million tons of grain, 50 million tons of all grain production. Mm. That compares with 53 the year before and 86 million tons before the war began. You know, that's a lot of grain that's not being produced and in the export channels. And will that someday, will we start to feel more demand coming out of the U.S.? Or this is just a temporary slowdown of demand. Let's keep an eye on it. The weekly visit with Colleen Kavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And farming has a lot of challenges. I'm talking about a bunch of them in Washington, D.C. right now, like the fight with Biden's EPA over the waters of the U.S. That is critical for 
farming. And the Farm Bureau is fully engaged in that, as well as the Farm Bill priorities that, frankly, touch all farmers. The Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state and national level only possible with your Farm Bureau membership. So support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Go online to it. Pays to be a member.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.